You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Hello and welcome once again to Following the Way. So glad that you're with us and that we're uh, doing this together once again, looking at Scripture and how we can follow Jesus together. You know, I had someone mention to me the other day, they said, uh, you, you seem to be getting a lot more comfortable doing this podcast. And um, I thought that was an interesting observation. Uh, there's a few of these that I've done without video. And I found that those that I've done without having to worry about being in front of a camera, uh, it, it actually seems to be more natural. So uh, hoping that as this goes along, that even though we are doing video, that it can seem um, natural and that it's it's comfortable for both myself and for you. But um, we're doing this week, we're looking at um, this, the focus of pursuing God's presence. Uh, it comes uh, on the heels of a message uh, that I preached this past Sunday and that uh, a series that we're going through in our church around presence and formation and witness. And so I want to uh, look at some of this uh, stuff of pursuing God's presence a little bit more in depth through the podcast. And I want to do that today through Mark 10, which is a fascinating chapter. And the progression again of this chapter and what's happening is, and and the connections that Mark is drawing out between people uh, is is riveting stuff. And so I want to I want to show you a little bit of that in the text, and then go through it. And um, I'm I'm basing it around um, the 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 topic of or the title of what what's behind the question because uh first we're, and we're going to start th- with this uh, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus with a question but then Jesus is also asking questions in a very intentional way in this chapter and I want to ask what's behind the question because there's a lot more going on than meets the eye and it's very very relevant and applicable for us and so Mark 10 Uh, It says in verse 17, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What an encounter! What a conversation that Jesus has here. And that, where it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. It's of Jesus. It's as if Jesus is looking into his heart, into his soul and realizing this is the one thing, the very thing that is either going to lead to your freedom or is going to keep you enslaved in your life. 
and the man couldn't bear to hear it and he couldn't bear to do anything about it. And it says he went away sorrowful because of wealth and possessions. And this is the first question that we see here. In fact, and he comes to Jesus and he he says, good teacher, he addresses him as that. And that wasn't a term that was thrown around a lot in these days. That was a term that meant uh, that he was seeing Jesus as sinless, as complete goodness. And so that's what Jesus responds to him and says, why do you call me good? He's saying to him, do you know what you're saying? Do you actually know what you're meaning by saying that to me? Because it's as if Jesus is saying to him, do you see me as someone who just has something who might, someone who might have something good to offer to you? Do, do Is it just another opinion that I might give to you? And, and he's asking Jesus, like, what must I do? So is he coming to Jesus just for helpful advice, just for wise words? Or did he see him as Lord? And that's the question for us. Do we see Jesus as someone in our life that maybe can just give us a bit of of wise advice? We we might want to see and hear what his opinion is. Or do we see him as Lord? Because those are two very different things. See, this man that came to him was a moral, ethical person. He kept the commandments. He He was a functioning positive, uh, productive, contributing member of society. He was, he was a good person in, in, in the eyes of the culture. And the question that he's faced with from Jesus is, are you willing to give it all up? Because Jesus is calling him to complete surrender. And he's calling him to that because he realizes that it's that one thing, his possessions, his wealth, that has the hold on him. And, and Jesus is saying, look, if you're gonna, if you're gonna want to want to really chase after me, if you really want to pursue God, everything is on the table. And and what we see is that this young man, he wanted Jesus to affirm his lifestyle. He he was looking for approval from Jesus. Just tell me what I want to hear, Jesus. Look, I've done this and this and this and this. And that's good enough, right? This is, this is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a good upstanding member of society. I do good things and, and, and I, and I, and I follow the commandments. And so he's asking Jesus, just tell me that this is good enough to inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, well, in fact, you've got to be willing to give up everything. Because it's that stuff that has the hold on you. So you've got to be able to give that up in order to follow me. Notice that Jesus doesn't, he doesn't actually address uh, intentionally, specifically this issue of inheriting eternal life. He says, you want to inherit eternal life? Follow me. That's how you do it. And so what we see here is that the hunger and the pursuit of wealth is a danger to the pursuit of God and his kingdom. In fact, when, when he has the conversation after with his disciples on the heels of this conversation, they are astonished at Jesus's word, at, at his words. Because he says to them, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And they were amazed and astonished at that. Because the wealthy were seen as having God's favor. 
Wealth is the result of success. We still see that in our, in our culture and in our society. And because of that, because wealth is a result of success and our doing, we do this, we've been good at this, it's our doing that gets us this, we can very much fall into that mindset. This can be a massive hindrance because pursuit of God is about humble receiving. But Jesus says in verse 27, when, when he's questioned by Peter and the disciples about this, he says, but nothing is impossible with God. And we see that when we come to the end of Mark 10 and the miracle that Jesus does. And he's highlighting the fact that, yes, this is difficult. But when I call someone to someone, when I call this young man to give it up, it is possible. I can do this. And so what we see is in this conversation in verse 28, Peter says to, to him, Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. And what we see is that Peter is looking for approval. He's saying, see, look, look at us, Jesus. Look, look at what we've given up for you. He's, he's like the child who's looking for the affirmation. Like, I just, I want affirmation for what I've done. Look at us. And Jesus says, don't worry, Peter you're not going to feel that you've lost anything. In fact, everything that you will gain as a result of following me and working for the, the advancement of my kingdom, what you will receive, you'll never think that you've lost. It will be an overabundance compared to what you've given up. And so as this conversation then we, we see in Mark 10, is that, uh, Jesus is, is going on the way with his disciples, going up to Jerusalem. And we're going to skip over that. But as they're going up, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, they come up to him and, and they have a question for him. And they, they say, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of these things where you go, well, that's a little presumptuous on their part. But Jesus lets it go at this point. He lets it go with them. And he says, well, what do you want me to do for you? He says, and that's in verse 36. And the reason that Jesus does this, the reason that Jesus lets them go on and he lets this presumption sort of run its course is he wants to explore their heart motives. What's behind the question? What's driving this question? What's driving this request? What do you want? What are you looking for? And what Jesus again brings up is you, you, want, you want places of, of power. You want places of position. You want to sit at my right and your, my left and my right hand in glory. They, they wanted this, this uh, to be given these places of honor. And Jesus says, you don't, you don't know what you're asking because my way is complete surrender. And he says, are you, are you ready? Are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And Jesus there, he was referring to his coming death and his, his crucifixion. And so then we, we get past that conversation. And then the next account in Mark 10 is they came to Jericho. And as they're leaving Jericho, there's this great crowd. And Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, he's sitting by the roadside and he's crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out for mercy. He came in humility to Jesus. And in fact, he submitted to Jesus because Jesus, he stops and he, he calls him. And 
He says then again, just like he said to James and John, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And at that point, Bartimaeus, he says, he said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my my sight. Now, he says to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which is not just simply calling him teacher. Actually, it's he's calling him master. He's calling him Lord. So Bartimaeus is, he's surrendering now to Jesus. He's saying, I'm surrendering to you, Jesus. I, I need you. And when Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus responds in faith. I want to receive my sight. I want to recover my sight. And so we see here in Mark 10 that, that Jesus, through, through just the, the way that only Jesus can do, he's revealing motives. He's revealing the motives of the rich young man who just wants Jesus to affirm him. And just he just wants to hear. He just wants Jesus to say what he wants to hear. And then Peter, Peter's looking for affirmation. Look, Jesus, look what we've left. And James and John are looking for places of influence and power. Jesus, we want this in your kingdom. And, and, and all this stuff. And then we come to Bartimaeus, blind beggar, crying out in mercy. He has no hope except to cry out to Jesus. And after Jesus heals him, he says, go your way. And it says that Bartimaeus followed him. Jesus's way became Bartimaeus's way. <clears throat> it's so, so striking here what we see in Mark 10. And what we see is that following Jesus is the way to eternal life. Jesus calls him, calls us to follow him. That is the way of eternal life. It's the way of God's kingdom. And whatever we surrender, we will never feel that we lost. We'll never get to eternity. We'll never get to the end of our lives. We can, even now, we can have confidence that whatever, whatever we give up, whatever we surrender for the kingdom, whatever we feel like we're, we're, we're suffering loss for the kingdom, Jesus says, you're never going to feel like you've lost. You're never, ever going to ever come to the end and go, why did we have to give that up? No, we're going to receive an abundance because we are following Jesus. There's nothing better. Now, it does, it's not that it's easy. I mean, he says to James and John, he says, do you know what you're asking of me? Do you, do you realize what, what you're saying when you want to be given these positions of influence and power in my kingdom? And, and the reason Jesus is saying this, because just before that, in, in Mark 10, verses 32 to 34, Jesus had said to his disciples, my way following me means I am going to the cross. I am going to die. I'm going to suffer. And that is the way that I'm calling you to follow. So it's not easy. It's like Romans 8 says that we will reign with him, we'll be glorified with him if we suffer with him. So there is suffering and there is, there is loss that we will encounter. But, but, it is always going to be worth it. It is eternally worth it because the way of Jesus is the way of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, yes, pursuit of God means surrender. Pursuit of God means giving up. Pursuit of God means that we are going to have to wrestle with tough choices. And, and, we're, and he's going to call us to surrender. 
but it is all worth it because Jesus is the way. I want to pray as we end and encourage you. Father, I want to thank you for your word. And Jesus, I want to thank you that there are hard things in life. And I want to thank you that in the midst of that, that you you call us to yourself and you love us. And you promise us that you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. And that whatever we lose, whatever we give up, it's worth it. And, and we will receive so much more from you. And Lord, I, I want to not just know that intellectually, but I want to know that in my heart. And I want that to drive my actions, my thoughts, my motives, my desires. I, I want it to drive my life that the posture of my heart and deep down in my soul, I know that it is worth it. Whatever it costs, it's worth it to follow you. And Lord, I, I thank you that even the rich young man who, Lord, wasn't willing to give up the very thing that he needed to give up in order to have eternal life, even him, you looked at him and it says you loved him. And it's because it's true. You love us and you look at us with love and you, you look at those very things that we need to give up to let go of, those very things that are inhibiting and hindering us from life in you. And you're, you're calling us and saying, just let it go. Don't hold it. Lord, we surrender to you. And we are so thankful for your word and for how the truth of your word just brings us to places, deep, rich places of trust in you. We bless you, Jesus, and we love you. Amen. I want to thank you for being uh, with us again today. It's good to be together and we will see you again. Mm-hmm.